Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I discuss everything from AEW. The two sellouts, the two new shows that have been announced, and NXT and their move to USA on Wednesday nights. A lot happening in the world of competition in pro wrestling, or is this a legit all-out war on Wednesday nights? And to come on to talk about it, Chris Jericho of AEW. He talks about the sellout shows. He talks about AEW in TNT in October, and of course, NXT's move to Wednesday nights on USA. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, one thing we know for sure that's not a one-hit wonder, and that is AEW. Because after you guys signed off on Friday, two shows went on sale for their TV. TV number two and TV number three. Boston and Philly, and both sold out within an hour. So let me tell you, did that surprise you at all? Hey, we talked about it for DC. You weren't surprised. I was a little surprised on how quick that show sold out. But now show number two and show number three sell out within an hour. Surprised? Not at all. Not even a little. Uh, listen, if, if I was going to be surprised about one of those three cities selling out quickly, it would have been Washington. Mm-hmm. Because when you talk about powerhouse Northeast uh, wrestling cities, obviously Philadelphia and Boston are in the top three with New York being in there with them. Washington, probably a top five wrestling city because you got to throw Baltimore in there also. So I was... I was not shocked but if e- about Washington, but if I was going to be shocked about one of them, it would have been that one. Philly and Boston, especially the two arenas that they're performing in. I've performed in the LaCorris Center uh, in Philadelphia with TNA, and I performed in the, I believe it's pronounced Agus Arena in Boston with uh with TNA uh with TNA also I believe that's where I did my match with Sting that we that mm-hmm. we always talk about. They are great buildings. They are scaled perfectly. They're probably around 5 to 7,000 seat arenas a piece that will look incredible on TV. So, they're going to be in the northeast for their first 3 live TVs. So, we already know that because the AEW fan is so passionate 
about what uh, about what that product means to them. It being live TV for the first time, second time, and third time, plus those wrestling cities being so uh, emphatic about everything that they get pro wrestling wise. That's like that's recipe for success right there. You want to talk about the stars lining up for AEW's first three weeks to just be incredible off the chart blockbuster events. It's there. The only thing AEW needs to worry about now is that in-ring product and how their production comes off. I bet you a dollar that their production is going to come off amazing because if you've seen any of these commercials for AEW that have been running, true, they're awesome. Yep. They make you want to watch the product. They're infomercials for, 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 for AEW. And, and, you know, I always, I talk about this infomercial thing a lot because it's an idea that I had had for TNA, and it's also an idea that I've had for Ring of Honor that both companies seem to not, didn't want to jump on. Dave, how did the George Foreman grill become one of the biggest selling items ever on the planet? It's from their infomercials. When that infomercial first aired, what time of day would you see it? It usually be late at night, like two in the morning. Yeah, you know, on like the home shopping network. But that's where it started, and that's where it gained traction, and that's where the spark was first lit. AEW is basically giving you infomercials. Last week, I was watching The Force Awakens on TNT. Okay, I mean, you got to be a real die-hard Star Wars fan to watch Star Wars with commercials. Yes. I'm a complete Star Wars geek. I watch it with commercials. All of a sudden, they go to commercial break. Bang. A 60-second commercial for AEW. Not a 30-second spot. A 60-second spot. Basically, a small infomercial for what AEW is going to be. And by the time that 60-second spot was over... As a fan, I was like, I have to watch this show. Mission accomplished by AEW. And that's the thing that's really interesting. Because you talk about the sellouts in D.C., Boston, and Philly. Interesting that they haven't had that New York show yet. So I'm wondering when that's going to happen and where it would be. And where in the timeline for AEW it would happen. Because I'm sure if you're going to sell out D.C., Boston, and Philly, you're going to sell out New York. But you talk about programming and you talk about that 60-second commercial for AEW. Their programming hasn't started yet. You would think once their programming starts, that's going to be an even bigger audience that's going to know about AEW because now you're going to have an actual show to promote. And people, you would think that their audience is going to widen once the show actually starts in October. Absolutely. Get to, to get back to your New York thing, um, it's a lot more expensive to run shows in New York. It is not nearly as cost effective because they they have to look for a medium size arena. Not that they couldn't go into Madison Square Garden because I thoroughly believe that AEW could go into Madison Square Garden right now and sell it out. What do you think? I think so too. Boom. But the garden is extremely expensive and that might not be a cost AEW wants to get themselves into right now. However, with the amount of money AEW has, could you imagine them going into Madison Square Garden 
right off the bat? Maybe they have the garden in their back pocket. I don't know. Maybe they want to go to the Hammerstein Ballroom because AEW in the Hammerstein Ballroom would be phenomenal. I bet you AEW in the Hammerstein Ballroom would have the same type of energy ECW One Night Stand had. And that's saying a lot. And they probably could do a string of shows at the Hammerstein Ballroom as well. Absolutely. So the only reason I'm saying maybe two reasons on New York. New York is very expensive because of the unions. Also, they might be saving New York for a big pay-per-view. That's a great point. That's a really good point. That might be, you know, once we get past what we're going to see the end of this month with All Out, maybe their next big pay-per-view could possibly be New York. Hell, you know what they're doing too, Bully? Like the sellouts in Vegas. It's one thing to sell out near and around Chicago. Vegas isn't known for getting huge, huge crowds, and they've been able to sell out there too. I'm wondering once they break this East Coast and start venturing out, maybe to the Midwest, what those crowds are going to be like. Even Attitude Era WWF, WWE had problems selling out Vegas when we would go to the Thomas and Mac. We would eat, we'd be really close, and I'm sure maybe they sold out a couple of times, but it wasn't an easy sellout. It wasn't like they went on sale and bang, it was a guarantee. They had to work to sell those places out. AEW goes into town, bang, another monster sellout. But with all these monster sellouts happening so quickly, eventually you're going to hit that one day where you don't sell it out. True. You know, It's going to happen, not because they're doing anything wrong or their product won't be good. Eventually you're going to come to that one city that's not as rabid as the other ones. Great idea to start off in Washington, Boston, and Philadelphia. Eventually, they're going to have to go to like uh, Roanoke or, you know, maybe Charlotte or Columbia. You know, they're going to have to go to a city where that fan base might not be lining up a day before to get their tickets. So it'll be interesting to see. And then you know what you're going to hear when that happens. Oh, yep, they're not as good as everybody thought they were. They're not doing that great. Here it comes, their first non-sellout. I don't even look at any of that garbage. No, and and I think it's ultra positive. Do you think Tony Khan, you know, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, do you think that they were expecting this type of success as big as it's been this early? Um, They, they might play the humble card and say no, but I believe in the back of their heads they know exactly what they're doing. You can't tell me that a businessman like Tony Khan, who understands just business, not necessarily the wrestling business, just understands business in general. If you have a businessman like Tony Khan, if you have a wrestling mind like Cody, who obviously learned from his father, If you have guys like the Young Bucks who know how to capture the attention and the hearts and minds of the fan base, you bring all these guys together, these chess moves that they're making are so strategic. They're putting themselves in position to to possibly give themselves a 100% success rate. And look at what's happening so far. Sold out. In an hour. Two cities sold out in one hour. And they haven't even had their first show. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
or on demand with the SiriusXM app. AEW and NXT live on Wednesdays this October. Which are you choosing as a fan? AEW on TNT, NXT on the USA Network, one live, one DVR, or neither? And I think it's a good, interesting poll question, Bully, because at first glance I look at that and I say, why even throw in the one live, one DVR? Because that's almost like it's assumed. Hey, if you're not watching one, you're going to DVR it and watch the other. But maybe there might be fans that are going to be completely branded and just watch WWE or just watch AEW. What are your thoughts? Well, I think if the WWE is just going to give you straight NXT, then I would buy into that because I would be like, I would say myself this, AEW fans already know what NXT is. So because we already know what it is, we're going to remain faithful to AEW and check out NXT at other times. I don't think you're going to get the same NXT on Wednesday nights that you're seeing now on mm, the network. I think you're going to see a beefed up NXT. I think you're going to see um, a a much more produced product a la Raw and SmackDown. You're going to get a product that is going to look similar to uh, uh, production-wise Raw and in-ring action AEW. Because let's whittle this down. Let's do, let's remember when you did fractions and you had to whittle it down to its lowest common denominator? Yeah. At the end of the day, NXT was created to lure which fan over to, to, to NXT? The hardcore wrestling fan. I, I, I would say it like the, almost the Ring of Honor fan. It, it, that's exactly why it was created. NXT was created to lure over the Ring of Honor fan. Okay? Who is the AEW fan? They're a Ring of Honor fan, that hardcore Correct. fan. Yep. So you have th- th- that's the fan base that you are going at right there. Now, AE, uh, NXT gives you... Some good storylines that result in great matches. We can agree on that? Yes. Takeovers are off the chart. Uh, No doubt. So far, we haven't gotten one TV show from AEW, but we are always invested in at least one of the stories there. All of the real stories have involved Cody, whether it was All Out with Nick, whether it was uh, Double or Nothing with uh, Dustin, and now whether now it's leading into All uh, Out with Sean Spears. The majority of the storytelling is be is being done by a Rhodes. Go figure, because Dusty was one of the greatest storytellers of all time. Other than that, not a lot of storytelling. Deep storytelling. I mean, Jericho's doing his stuff. We know that we got a match between Jericho and Hangman Page, and we'll be talking to Jericho in about 20 minutes about it. But where is the deep-rooted storytelling right now in AEW? It's all with Cody and, and, and what's going on with Sean Spears. Correct. So it's going to be interesting to see what people want to or have to, in their opinion. What's going to be must-watch on that Wednesday night? Though I will be telling, even if it's just that one story, they've done a great job of telling that story without actually being on TV. So it's going to be interesting what they're going to be able to do with that story and other potential stories with a two-hour window on TNT live every single week. Now, 
Right. Am I, you know, just I'm just throwing that out there. It's and, and or make it could go the other way. We really don't know. Now, as far as NXT, there are several reports that stated due to the Big East basketball schedule, NXT is actually moving to the USA Network on Wednesdays instead of FS1. We thought it was going to be FS1. That could change because of this Big E basketball schedule. And there's also reports about it being live, maybe live every other week. So the landscape has changed. Like you said three weeks ago, Bully, the WWE is not going to just give that night to AEW. It would be foolish for them to give that night. Though... Bully, it could backfire, like you said earlier, because there could be a lot of fans like saying, you know what, you're going to go up against AEW, we're going to revolt against the WWE. It is a dicey scenario when it comes to NXT. I don't think you'll get the revolt if you let NXT stay what it is. If you start bringing in main roster stars to work on NXT, then I think the revolt happens. Because NXT got over on its own with its fan base. And the NXT fan base is very similar to the AEW fan base. Because at the end of the day, they were all Ring of Honor fans to begin with. Yes. So if you let NXT stay tried and true to what it is now, and you give people those takeover type events every Wednesday night, I believe they're going to have a better chance of creating good, stiff competition for AEW. If you start to take the main roster guys and try to turn NXT into a glorified SmackDown Live or Monday Night Raw, that's where I think people are going to be like, no, this is not cool, man. And that, we, we, we can get this on Monday nights or we can get this on Tuesday yeah. nights. You know, you want NXT to go head to head with head to head with AEW, then just give us NXT. I agree. And now Meltzer is also reporting that the announcement could come as early as tonight on Monday Night Raw, and that maybe that move to USA could happen before October. So maybe it, now that makes a lot of sense as well, because if you want to get a jump on AEW, you probably should start this in September as opposed to October. Start programming your audience before they can start programming their audience. See how it's a chess game, Dave? Yep. AEW moves to Wednesday nights. Now we have the now Vince counters with a potential move to Wednesday nights. Now AEW. Uh, Actually, AEW hasn't made the next move, but we might get Vince making the next move before they can and saying, okay, not only am I moving to Wednesday nights, I'm moving to Wednesday nights immediately. I'm going to get a head start on programming wrestling fans to go to the USA Network on Wednesday night before October 2nd. It, it's it's incredible strategy. It It's going to breed great competition. I would love Vince to be in control of the chessboard, but not the chess pieces. Leave the product to Hunter and let Vince do all the competing with the moving of the shows and things like that from behind the scenes. Makes sense. Like a like a general manager in football. Hey, I'll you know, I'll buy the groceries, but you prepare the meals. So that would be, I think, a um uh, that would be a successful foundation for NXT if that's the way it's played out on Wednesdays. Nobody understands the men, women, wrestlers, performers, entertainers, 
in NXT better than Triple H. There's a reason why that show has become successful. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why we always come on and talk about how that the the takeover show was either better than the, the main roster show or equal to. Yes. We understand what makes NXT work. That's the NXT we need to see on Wednesday nights if that if that's if that's the move we're getting. When I turn on NXT on a Wednesday night on the USA network, if that's the move they're gonna make, I wanna see the same product in a bigger arena with maybe a little bit of a bigger better production value. Give me takeovers every Wednesday night, and man, as a fan, I'm extremely happy and I'm not quite sure what I'm going to watch. And it's it's interesting because all reports suggest that the show will air live from Full, st- full Sail, which they've been doing for NXT. So the WWE is in, in, in a bit of a place where they don't normally are when you think about even the decades of them going up against other affiliations. Because most of the time, Bully, and you and I have talked about this before, you know, whether it was Georgia Championship Wrestling or Florida Championship Wrestling or World Class, the WWF always had an upper hand because when you looked at it, it looked bigger, it looked better. Why? Because they were in an arena full of people. If they stay at full sale, which holds, what, a, a few hundred people? And then you watch AEW and they're going to be in an arena f- full of thousands of people. Sometimes perception is reality. No, it, no, no. In, rea- in wrestling... Perception is reality, period. So that's, well, you're right. That's the reality. So if you take a fan that's not a hardcore fan that hasn't been watching and they're, you know, coming back to wrestling and they haven't watched in decades and they put on NXT and see Full Sail and then they put on AEW and they see a packed, sold-out arena, which product are they going to gravitate to? Well, the sold-out arena, the bigger arena is going to lure them in because people are going to think, ah, this is the bigger deal. They have more people there. But then it's going to come down to in-ring talents. So if you have – let's say at um, at 9 o'clock at night, because we're hearing it's going to be a two-hour show. Let's say at 9 o'clock at night you have Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole in the same ring together. And at that exact moment on AEW, you have Chris Jericho standing across the ring from John Moxley. What do you do? <laughs> I I don't know. Velveteen don't is one know. of the most over guys in NXT, right? Yes, he is. Over with the wrestling community in general, right? Yes. You could see a guy like Velveteen Dream succeeding in AEW, right? Yes. Cole, same thing, right? Absolutely. We're talking about the same fan base here. Do you watch the guys that we know and love in NXT who are the up-and-comers, who are the underdogs that we want to see succeed? Or do we watch the big-name stars in the company that's creating the revolution? But you know what? You have to take it a step further because you talk about the casual fan, and that seems to be a term that everyone's either grasping at or staying away from who is the casual fan going to go probably AEW because they're going to see familiar faces with John Moxley and Chris Jericho totally agree because when you get a casual fan casual fans will gravitate towards familiar faces they'll sit on the couch they'll flip around and they'll go hey I know that guy. Exactly. That's Chris Jericho I used to watch him in the Attitude Era hey I know that guy 
Why does he call himself John Mox? I thought he was Dean Ambrose. Even that little bit of confusion is still good because they at least know who the guy is. And they're going to watch because they're going to want to find out what the hell is going on. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. You know, one of the things that I'm getting a little sick and tired of is people crapping on AEW. If you might not like the in-ring product, that's one thing. But there are, I'm, I've heard from a significant amount of people, and this is not from fans. Mm-hmm. This is people from inside the industry going, yeah, but what's gonna, where are they going to be in one year? And they're not going to be able to continue to do this. And financially, they're not going to be turning a profit. Is Tony Khan going to keep dumping money into the company? Like, I'm hearing a significant amount of sour grapes from some wrestlers, some people involved in the wrestling uh, industry behind the scenes. And I, and I keep looking at these guys and I'm saying like, how could you possibly be thinking that way? Like, look at what these guys have done so far. Why can't we just go on their track record to date? Because their track record to date is pretty much perfect, isn't it? Yeah. So, so It's been extremely successful. So if the three guys go out off on their own and they pull off all in and then um, double or nothing and then fight for the fallen and then fighter fest and then all out. Now they're going on TV and all three of their shows are sold out. Like what about any of the examples that I just gave would lead you to believe? Yeah, the light at the end of the tunnel is not a rainbow. It's more like a locomotive. Why would you ever think that these guys had potential negativity coming upon them. Now, and it's it's interesting what you just said because it's layered. You mentioned fans, but you also mentioned wrestlers, and you also mentioned people like behind the scenes and things like that because it's coming from every direction. I mean, Bully, you know, you you and I have done this show long enough. God, I've done this show for over 10 years. We were hoping and praying for this to happen. I mean... WWE has dominated, and I'm not saying that they're losing their dominance. I'm not saying that. But we have waited forever for something like AEW to come to fruition, and it has. How could anybody look at this as a negative thing? I don't understand that. And it's based, I I hate people who just disregard facts. And the facts of the matter are, we have all of these sellouts. We have all of these great shows. We have all of this energy, all of this passion from the fans and the wrestlers in AEW. If you add everything up, you can you can hypothesize that they're going to be successful in the future. It's really easy to sit back and go, yeah, but let's see where they are in a year. Yeah, but financially they're tapped out already. Yeah, but they're not going to turn a profit. Listen, Tony Khan is a pretty smart freaking businessman. You know, I, I don't foresee, and TNT is not just going to jump in bed with a wrestling company that they didn't see a potential future in. Yeah, I, and, and listen, Chris Jericho is going to join us in just a couple of minutes, Bully. 
Chris Jericho wouldn't make the move to AEW. It's one of the biggest reasons. Jericho's not getting in bed. Listen, Jericho at 40, we're the same age, whatever he is now, 47, 48, he is so freaking competitive. And I guarantee you, and me and Chris have talked about this a little bit, Chris wants to be the guy on the top of the mountain that goes head-to-head with the WWE. Because I believe Chris wants to knock WWE the freak out. And that's taken it to another level. We never thought, when when AEW first became a thing, Bully, we weren't talking about war or competition. That's what the fans were talking about. But we didn't talk about that. Now we're actually bringing up those words. To see this happen so quickly, to see sellouts. I mean, there's a lot of, and this is not a knock, but Bully, there's a lot of WWE show, shows that are not selling out. I mean... Quite the Garden's a few. not sold out yet. The, the two shows at the Garden are not sold out yet. And those have been on sale for a couple of months now, and they're not Des- sold out. And despite the fact, it, the fact that it is Madison Square Garden and it's their first time back there for Raw and SmackDown, is there any really anything special about it? Is there anything special about them being in the Garden or uh, the card or who's going to be performing there? We know what we're getting with the WWE. We're not sure what we're getting with AEW. It's new. It's fresh. It's different. It's the new bright shiny thing on the wrestling scene. It's what ECW was 25 years ago with a lot more money and a lot more production behind it. When I compare it to ECW, I compare it to the passion and the energy. They got the fans. AEW has the wrestling fans by the throat right now, and wrestling fans are salivating. And then you have your negative Nellies. But they they haven't given you any reason to be negative. I mean, yes, there are some characters there that might be uh, questionable to some. There might be a psychology to their wrestling matches, such as spot fest wrestling matches, that might be questionable to some. But listen, if 10,000 people want to pay to see spot fest wrestling, who the frick is anybody to say that they're doing something wrong? And you can't say that when you have a Chris Jericho as part of your company. And Jim Ross. Or, or, and Cody Rhodes. Yeah, but no, but JR is going to be the most critical of that spot fest wrestling. Because listen, in the back of their minds, guys like Jericho and JR know that the spot fest type of wrestling is not the truly the correct way to go. It's not However, the foundation. It's not the foundation, but it works. And in wrestling, just like music or, or, or art or sculpting or movie making, it's, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, we were told years ago, hitting people in the head with chairs and all this extreme shit is never going to work. Get well, Jericho on the line. Yeah, we got Chris Jericho with us right now, and we talk about AEW. Let's bring in the great Chris Jericho. Chris, how are you this morning? Thanks for the time. Just enjoying listening to bullies ranting and raving uh, uh, like like a know-it-all as usual. But it's always good, though, man. Good to talk to you guys. So wait, so I'm uh, what I'm saying is coming off as a know-it-all and not actual fact? I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> Because right. you sound like you just woke up. At least, at least he's I been. I, I woke up for you guys, man. I woke up for you guys. Bubba, I had a, I had a crazy rock and roll weekend. I went and saw Hart and Joan Jett on Saturday, 
and then I went and saw Queen last night. So I'm, I've got some great rock and roll happening over the last couple of days. Um, uh, I love Joan Jett. She's like top of the list for me. She's so damn good. How was Queen with Adam Lambert? Dude, that guy. When, when Roger Taylor and Brian May laid their eyes on him, they must have went, oh, my gosh. We finally found the guy. The only guy that still replaced Freddie Mercury, that's obvious, but the only guy that's worthy of standing in that position. He sounds great. He sings great. He looks great. He's, he's got the flamboyance. Uh, amazing show. Highly recommended to anybody that has any trepidations of going to see Queen because it's not Freddie. No, it's not. But it's the next best thing. It's great. And, of course, talking about rock and roll, our Motley Crue podcast is available on Talk is Jericho, and I'm sure yes. getting a lot of feedback on that show, Chris. Yeah, people love the classic album class, Too Fast for Love versus Shot the Devil. And a lot of people are like, we can't believe how much Bubba knows about Motley Crue. I'm like, dude, but he's legit, man. He's not just somebody that beats the crap out of guys. He actually likes rock and roll, too. It was definitely a fun podcast, and uh, it was great to see all the Motley fans you know, chiming in on social media who listened to it. Um, I, I was uh, a good buddy of ours, Keith Roth from uh, Ozzy's Boneyard even chimed in and he's, he, he's a too fast for love fan. I, I know most people uh, lean with shout at the devil, but uh, there are some too fast for love people out there. Well, you know, shout is, is the, is the hit record and too fast for love is like the indie record beforehand, but that's why it's such a great discussion. But um, going back to what you were saying about Spotfest, I only heard the last little bit. Uh, and one thing, and you know this, Bully, and you do too, Dave. There ain't no Spotfest wrestling happening in a Christian match. So, if, if that's the new, um, see, here's the bottom line. We're selling out every show that we're putting on sale. I knew we would, and the reason for that is very simple. We're hot right now. We're the hot company. I experienced this with WCW in 98. We were selling out stadiums. And you remember this, we did six stadium stones in a row uh, in, in 1998. The reason for that is because we're hot. We were hot, and we're hot right now. Um, and you can add as many wrestling shows as you want during the week. You want to put on a show on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever you want to do. Bottom line is, we don't care. We're doing our own little thing, and we're hot right now. And anything that, that's done as a defensive reaction to us being hot just makes us hotter and makes us cooler. So we, whether you want to say it's spot fest or whatever, I don't work like that. I can't. I don't know how. I know how I work. I know how Moxley works. I know how a couple of the other guys in the company work. I don't know how do the spot fest. That's great. There's a lot of different um, diversity in AEW, and the reason is everybody's allowed to be who they are. If you're an artist and you work for AEW, no one's going to mess with you. No one's going to tell you what to do. There's no, there's no style, quote, unquote. It's just you be you. That might be one of the reasons why we're so hot right now. And, and I think you might have heard the tail end of the conversation and you heard Spotfest and you probably thought I was burying it. I was actually defending it. I w- and, and I wasn't calling Chris Jericho a Spotfest wrestler. You're a, story, you're a storyteller and no way would I expect you to do Spotfest. What I was saying was there are people out there who are... Uh, being negative towards AEW because it could be Spotfest wrestling. But I said, 
wrestling is an art, just like music, just like movies, just like painting and sculpting. Who is anybody to say that spot fest wrestling is bad when you're selling out all these arenas night after night, when you're selling out 10,000, 14,000, 7,000? I was defending it because, as you know, Chris, 25 years ago, and in the entire wrestling business was shitting on ECW because they're like, oh, that's stupid. You can't do this. You can't do that. And look at what that place was able to achieve. That was my point. Well, no, I, I heard that, and I, and I agree with you. My point is this, too. Um, we, we've seen it in, in, let's take hockey, for example, the game of hockey. It's changed over the last 20 years. As it's said, it's changed since my dad played the 70s and changed when, when Gresty came in, in the 80s. Change now. Everything changes, and either you accept it and you move forward, or you don't. And if "quote unquote" the spot fest style or lucha libre style or hardcore style is what people are into, you have to adapt to that. Um, and once again, like I said, with AW and the beauty of it is, and I've been on both sides of the coin. There's nobody telling you what's right and what's wrong. What's right is if you have a good match and what's right is selling out shows and what's right is putting on a great product. Once again, we're the most talked about wrestling company in the world. We haven't even had a show yet. Yep. Okay, We've had one or whatever we've had, two, two shows, three shows, whatever it's been. We haven't even officially started. I would say October 2nd is the real launch of AEW and everybody's talking about it. We've changed the entire business just by being in existence. When's the last time that's happened? I can't remember because I wasn't born in the 40s or 30s. Um, this is the first time ever that people are getting a chance to be a part of a major league company right out of the gate. You've never had that chance before because WWE started in the 30s, like I said, and WCW, a.k.a. NWA, started in the 20s or whatever it's done. This is your chance to be a part of a legit giant company that starts out as a giant company right out of the gate. And I think that, that appeals to a lot of people that want to be a part of, of this historical moment. You know, I started the show today, Chris, talking about a conversation I had with my wife last night, who's not a wrestling fan. And we talked about the counter-programming that the WWE might have on Wednesdays. And she said, boy, that's a big mistake. And I said, why? And she said, because there would be going up against a revolution and you never go up against a revolution. If there is counter-programming, could that bite them in the ass? Because, quote-unquote, this is a revolution of fans that are tired of what they were seeing and want to see something different. I think it is because, once again, we still don't know who our fan base is. Um, I don't think there's a lot of crossover between WWE fans and AEW fans. I think a lot of people that are into AEW are people like you just mentioned that maybe haven't watched wrestling in a while, or maybe are looking for something different. Maybe they don't like WWE. I don't know. I think WWE is great, but the point is there's too much WWE as it is, and by adding another two hours, that really dilutes their product. It dilutes their, their mindset. It dilutes their focus. It's a reactionary move. It's done by a guy who wants to start a war when we don't care if you want to start a war. That was never our intention. There's no war for us. We're just doing what we're doing. Um, some people don't like that, and they're reacting to it, and it just dilutes their own product. It was something that happened in WCW quite a bit. When WCW, I remember legitimately when they used to flip out and be excited because our pyro started before Raw's pyro. If you remember in the 90s, um, Nitro would start at eight fifty, uh, sorry, at 7.57, 
and we started at eight. And the reason why they got that three minutes early is because we wanted our pyro to be before theirs. Who gives a crap? Who cares what the pyro is? What's the show like? Don't worry about what the other guy's doing. Worry about your own stuff. And I think that's something that with AEW's attitude and what we're thinking, at least what I'm thinking, I don't care about any other wrestling company in the world. Everybody, I want everyone to do good. Everyone do what you want to do. Be the best you can be, whether it's WWE or Ring of Honor or Impact or New Japan or AAA or freaking, you know, George Swanson's uh, show down at the, at the Armory on a Friday night. Do your thing. We, we don't care. And I think that's one of the reasons that it makes us cool. And it's a typical thing. The more other people do, the more it makes us look revolutionary and cool. And we haven't even started yet. Just wait until we start. It's going to be a completely different vibe, a completely different attitude on our show. Because what we're saying and we're advocating is be the artist that you are. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to tell you what you're doing is right or wrong. We'll know that when we go on the air. But you have the right to... Everyone's a professional. Be a professional. We'll let you be a pro. We're not going to get involved and tell you how to do your matches and tell you how to do your promos. And we'll see what happens. Either it's going to work or it's not. And so far, it's working all across the board. Um, we were talking earlier about the competitiveness of a Vince McMahon. Um, we both know that he has not been in a real fight in a long time. If we do get an announcement uh, tonight or in the near future that the WWE will move NXT to the USA Network uh, to go head-to-head with AEW. How much involvement do you think Vince will have and or will he be wise enough to sit back and let Hunter uh, continue to run NXT? Well, first of all, let me pull an Eric this off at 98. There will be an announcement tonight that NXT is officially going on USA uh, Wednesday night, starting September 25th from 8 till 10. That's official. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, great. And let me let, let me ask you this, Bully. And I'll ask you this too, Dave. Do I really have to answer that question? It's another show on USA Network. Not on FS1, not on the W Network. It's a official, legit, nationwide cable show on the USA Network. Do you think Vince is going to be involved on it? I said that I believe that there's a good chance, yes. I'm asking you for your perspective. Dude, of, of course he is. Okay, so my of next question, do you think is. that's a smart idea? I, listen, it's Vince McMahon. He's a genius. But here's the thing. I think the appeal of NXT, whatever it is, because I don't watch it, don't care, it's the minor leagues to me. Um, the appeal of it is that uh, it, it's its own little entity that's outside of the WWE world. When Vince gets involved, to me, it's going to become another SmackDown and Raw. I think you're going to see all three of those uh, shows interacting with each other. I think it's going to be just another WWE show. So whatever the appeal of NXT is, whatever the specialness of it is, is not going to be changed to another Raw and SmackDown. I think if you like Raw and SmackDown, you're going to like NXT on a Wednesday night. If you don't, I don't think you're going to like NXT on Wednesday night because there's no way that Mr. Man is going to stay at home and not be involved in this. That's what he does. So... You know, great. I think it's another two hours of incredible WWE programming going on Wednesday night. And uh, if you love WWE, it's more for you to love. If you don't, I don't think it's going to make a difference. You know, you said a word before, uh, Chris, that you usually or you we usually don't hear as wrestling fans, and that's cool. 
And AEW is cool right now. It's got the younger fan. It's got the 18 to 35 demographic. I mean, that's the demographic, even in pro wrestling, that you want. Isn't that the demographic for success? And it seems like AEW has a stranglehold on that demographic. Well, it's like I said earlier, we, we do have the cool factor right now. And a lot of it's sure because we're brand new and it's always cool to have brand new. But once again, we never came into this trying to, to, to be in a war or to battle anybody. Now, obviously, we're all grown-ups here. We know just by the fact that we exist, the war begins. But I think the war started when Chris Jericho signed with mm-hmm. AEW. That was the first proof uh, uh, that this is a real deal thing, especially in the Vince, because Vince might not know who Kenny is or those other guys, but he sure is not know who I am. And I think that started a war uh, in, in Vince's mind. I think he likes it. Uh, I think I think he thrives on it, and of course he does because this is what he's done his whole life, and he wins every war he's ever been in. So I told the guys in AW, there's going to be a war. Oh, we don't want a war. So it doesn't matter what you want. It's gonna, there's going to be one. So let's have some fun with it. You know, um, I think it's very exciting. It's exciting for the wrestling business. It's exciting for the guys. Lord knows it's exciting for the WWE roster that all made uh, uh, huge raises as soon as I signed with AEW. You're welcome for that, guys. But I think for the fans, too, it gives you an alternative. Not competition, it gives you an alternative. And listen, if you're an NXT fan, now you don't have to go on the WWE Network to watch it. Now you can watch it every Wednesday night live. So um, what's the bad in this? We'll see how it shakes out. You know, um, I think it's going to be a really, really cool year for, for fans and for the guys. And I think it's going to be exciting, just like it was in 97, 98, at the height of the Monday Night Wars. Totally agree that for fans, this is going to be really exciting. We talked about the competitiveness about Vince McMahon earlier. We also, before you came on the air, mentioned your competitiveness. Um, In past interviews we did, you know, you've admitted you have something to prove. JR said he's got something to prove. with, With knowing what I know about you and your level of competitiveness... If they do move to Wednesday nights, the Chris Jericho I know, despite the fact that you're saying you're just going to do what you guys do, you're not going to worry about the other people, the Chris Jericho that I know is going to want to knock the WWE the fuck out on Wednesday nights. Yes or no? Well, absolutely. But but how do you do that? By worrying about your own stuff. Let's worry about our show. Let's worry about AEW. I have no intention of going on there and doing a, a billionaire Vince skit. Or, you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the Nacho Man and Hulk Blogan or whatever they used to do. Like, it's not about that. Like, you, you don't bring attention to your competitors. You don't bring attention to, to, to whatever else is going on. It's, it's Mike DeMone on Fast Times with Live High. Wherever you are, that's the place to be. Look at this. Isn't this great? And if I'm on AEW, that's the place to be. I don't care what happens. You could put the return of Jesus Christ on the air, same time as us. It doesn't matter. All we're going to do is worry about what we're doing and put on the best show we can because that's where true competition lies. You know, I don't want to go toe-to-toe with anybody else. I just want us to be the best company we can be and the best matches we can have, make stars like I know we can, and let the fans decide. If you like, like I said, if you like AEW, it doesn't matter what else is on. If you like WWE, you don't care about AEW anyways, so it doesn't matter. It's all about working on your own uh, your own product, your own show, and putting on the best program that you have. Obviously, I want to knock out WWE. 
But if we don't, does it affect uh, us? I think I think in the long run, what counts the most is putting on the best show you can, and then the fans will decide where they want to go. Yo, Chris, it was less than a year ago that All In took place in Chicago, and here we are, you know, 11 and a half months later, and we're talking about a complete change in the landscape of pro wrestling and talking about all these sellouts for AEW. Did you did you see this coming, man? I mean, because I sure didn't. And to see how this landscape changed, did you expect the success happen so quickly as it did? Uh, did I see it coming? No, of course not. I mean... Who could see it coming? Because we've seen a lot of companies come and go, but the difference is to start a wrestling company, you need money, and you need a lot of it. Suddenly, you have a family that has that, and that changed everything. Then you also had a group of guys, a legit six to eight top main event guys, whose contract was all coming up at the same time, and take myself and Mox out of the equation, most of them people have never seen on a nationwide basis. And these are worldwide names like Kenny and Cody and the Bucks and those guys. When have you ever had, Bubba mentioned ECW earlier, back in the ECW days you had that. A bunch of guys that were ready to be main adventures on a worldwide basis that no one had really heard before. Then throwing TNT Network, uh, uh, throwing their hat into the, into the game and, and bringing AEW out, that's the three factors that made this one of these. So um, did I see it coming? No. Once it happened, as soon as we sold out uh, um, Vegas quickly, okay, great. People were making excuses. Then we sell out Chicago. People were making excuses. Everyone was saying, we'll just wait and see what happens on Wednesday night in Washington. We'll see what happens then. I knew we would sell it out. Why? Because we're cool. Because we're hot. And once Washington sold out, they're like, oh, kind of wondering about Boston. So I said, dude, you're going to sell it in a day. It's sold, I was wrong. We sold it out in an hour. <laughs> It's right now. Is it going to last forever? Of course it's not. But I would be, uh, wouldn't be surprised if the next 10 to 12 weeks sell out because it's the coolest thing. Everyone wants to be a part of it. And that's what show business is, word of mouth. When Motley Crue got hot in 1985, the show sold out because you got to see this Motley Crue. Who are they? You got to go. Okay, I want to go. That's what AEW is. And once again, still haven't even had a show yet other than the pay-per-view we had in Las Vegas and a couple small ones. Everyone's talking about a company and wants to see what it's all about and wait till we actually do a TV show. I think you'll be very, very pleasantly happy if you bought a ticket to the show, if you're going to check us out and watch us, because it's going to be different from anything else that you've seen nowadays. And once that word gets around, I think it's going to sustain itself for months as far as the sellouts go. One of the brilliant moves I think AEW has just done in the past month is um, airing a trailer for their product in their weekly TV show during The Rock's um, movie, Hobbs and Shaw. Um, They also have been airing trailers on TNT during like Star Wars and last night during, I I think it was a a soccer game. They're they're going for the, the, the fans that might not, who are wrestling fans, but might not know about AEW. And two of the people that are predominantly featured on these commercials are yourself and Hangman Page. We had Hangman Page on a couple of weeks ago. You're going to be facing Hangman Page at All Out for to crown the first ever AEW world champion. Chris Jericho is a mega star all over the world, and Hangman Page is only known to a small section of the audience. When it comes to the the stardom level, can Hangman Page hang in a ring with you? 
Well, once again, this is what we do, Bubba. Yes, he'll hang with me. because Chris, I know it's what we do, but I want you to explain to everybody else. Well, I was if you didn't cut me off. (laughs) I had to. I haven't cut you off our conversation. (laughs) This is one of the things, like, when when we started talking about, you know, what the direction is of the company and where we're going to go, I said, I want to work with Hangman. I mean, you can see the potential. Guy looks like a million bucks. He wrestles great. His promos are getting better. How do you make someone a star? Put him in the room with Chris Jericho. How do you make him a bigger star? Put him in with Chris Jericho in a match for the very first uh, AEW champion, a championship. Uh, that makes him a name. You could have done me and Kenny in that first match, or me and Cody in that first match, or you know, me and Moxley in that first match. Those guys are already main eventers. Let's build somebody instantly. He will be more of a star uh, after All Out than he's been in his entire career in one night. It's the same way that we reinvigorated Moxley's career in one night. Nobody was talking about Dean Ambrose. Nobody even cared about Dean Ambrose. I would even venture to say that people were thinking Dean Ambrose was over the hill as far as uh, what he was worth in the wrestling business. He comes out with us in five minutes, becomes the hottest guy in the wrestling business, and then he gets the confidence to go on and really take it to the next level. Uh, Mox is a different guy. Dean Ambrose is dead and buried. John Mox is going to be a huge, huge star in the business. Same thing will happen with Hangman Page. It's like you said, Billy. You know, uh, I was watching a bit. Well, I wasn't watching a baseball game, so I hate baseball. But someone I know was watching a baseball game and took a screenshot of the Dodgers versus Braves game yesterday, and in the corner of the screen, up pops a little graphic that says, All Out, uh, August 31st, live on pay per view, Hangman Page versus Jericho. Well, if you're watching baseball on TBS, you might know who Jericho is. You probably do. Oh, Jericho's, what's All Out? And who's Hangman Page? Well, he must be good. He's in the ring with Jericho. And what's All Out? What's All Out? That's the and it's the stuff that makes people want to check it out, along with the people who are already interested in seeing it and excited about seeing it, because this is Hangman Page's uh, coronation. This is his coming out party. Um, I'm really excited about it. I've never worked with Hangman Page. Honestly, never even seen one of his matches. Doesn't matter. I've seen enough of him to know that this is the type of guy that we want on our roster, and we're going to build into a bigger star in one night than WWE has built any star they've had in six months. So Paige is a great example of what AEW is able to do for somebody. Um, um, uh, Moxley is a great example. You said Dean Ambrose is just about dead and buried. And now, uh, you know, John Moxley is, is risen and everybody knows who he is. I want to mention one more name to you. And I want to know why. Why in 10 years could the WWE not do with Sean Spears what AEW is able to do in one month? Well, I mean, once again, you're talking about two different mindsets. Uh, we have much more of an old ECW. And it's funny because Heyman now runs Raw. And I think he'll probably do more of it. You know, you, you, you exemplify strengths and high weaknesses. I don't know what Sean Spears' weaknesses are. I know he's in low strengths. I don't know why he sat on the sidelines for eight months. I don't know why a lot of guys sit on the sidelines for eight months. But you know how it works up in uh, up in, up up north, brother. Uh, if you fall out of grace, uh, you, you finish being played with as a toy. You get put in the corner and you wait for your turn when it comes up. Thankfully, Sean got his release. He's the last one that will. Nobody will ever get the release from WWE again, ever. Nobody. I don't care who you are. Um, but he did, and when he got his release, him and Cody are friends. Cody knew he was capable. Of. I knew he was capable. Of. I, I championed to get him. Rehired back 10 years ago and we fired him for whatever reason. Um, 
the guy's uh, a, a, a tremendous heel. Uh, he's very much a great old school heel. He looks the part. Putting the Tully Blaster is a great idea, uh, and he he works really well as well. Is he a spot face guy? Of course not. But I think he's a main eventer, and I think we're going to prove that once again, making him into a star just by putting him in the ring with Cody Rhodes. Like I said, well, that's the perfect 10 guy. We didn't know that he could actually do anything. We thought he just came to the ring and we were supposed to chant 10. Perfect 10 guy is doing better know what his name is. Perfect 10, John Lee whatever his name was. God, dead, forget it. This is the new guy. That's the guy that he wants to be and everything he could be if given a chance. You know how it works in the wrestling business. You give someone a little bit of a chance. If they're ready and if, they, if they're good, they'll take that little bit of a chance and run with it to become a giant, giant star. And that's what we're doing with him so far. He's, uh, he's delivered in everything we've given And now we have to see how he works in that match. I expect it to be great because I know how driven Cody is. I know how driven Spears is. So, once again, we've made a guy uh, from nothing, from beyond nothing, from buried, from buried to, to someone that's going to be a money-making, legit star for us. You know, Chris, we talked about sellouts in Philly and Boston. One thing I know is going to sell out is the Jericho cruise taking place in January, Miami to the Bahamas. Once again, this is the second one. The first one was a huge success, and I think, what, there's less than 30 cabins left for the Rock and Wrestling Rager? 25 cabins left as of this morning. So go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com to get all the information, and let me tell you, it's definitely the vacation of a lifetime. I was on the last one, and it was the greatest vacation I've ever been on, so definitely book your cabin now. And, Chris, man, I always appreciate the time, and thank you so much, man, and all the success, as always. No, guys, it's, uh, once again, you guys have the best show in the business, and um, we'll have to come up with another classic album class. I'm thinking about Skin Row, maybe, uh, Slaves of the Grind versus the original Skin Row album. That might be a good one. Ooh, I like that one. I know it's when I go from. Well, Dave, Dave, you know, show, kid. Dave, Dave, you know damn well that anytime you ever get to hang out with Jericho, you're like a little kid in the candy store. You're like, you're like, you're like Tommy Dreamer. Oh, the fat don't, kid in the candy don't store. stop! I'm, dude, I, I'm upset that I'm not going to be on the Rock and Wrestling Rage. I'm going to be like the fat guy in the Bugs Bunny cartoon. I'm going on a boat. I'm going, and then, and then I'm yelling out, "Bon voyage, farewell. Don't forget the right." Hey, Bubba, can't yeah. get when you think I'm kind of a big deal to a lot of people, so just don't worry about how the feels when I'm around, all right? Hey, uh, one last thing, FYA. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, man, well, that note. thanks so much, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.